Hello and welcome to a very special series on the budget. I am Nivedita Varadaraja. On the 1st of February, Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman will announce the Modi government's last full budget before the elections. At the start of the year, there was a lot of talk about how the year 2023 is going to be a one of recession for most parts of the world, and India is a bright spot among them according to many experts. What exactly can the government do to not only protect the Indian economy but also help it grow in such a crucial year? To understand some of the major bright spots in our economy and some of the issues the government must address, I have with me my colleague B Baskar. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, uh, thank you, Nivedita. I mean, that's a bit of a stretch, and I don't know. I don't know a lot of things about economics, but yeah, I'm interested in the subject. So, so thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah. There is a lot of talk about a recession coming this year, Baskar. What are some of the major concerns? Yeah, see, 2022, the world woke up uh, a very pandemic-weary world woke up thinking that you know the two years of these really wretched two years are behind us, and now some kind of a normalcy will return uh, economically, socially, and all kinds of things. And economic activity was beginning to pick up, and then in fe- end Feb we had this war uh, that started in Ukraine. Russia invaded Ukraine, and that kind of completely threw everything off balance. All bets were off, and you know, uh, it just. Total turmoil world over, so that really did set things back. So that directly contributed to food inflation world over. There was also growing inflation world over, and uh, the U.S. Fed started uh, tightening. It started hiking policy rates, which created a lot of turmoil, a lot of mayhem, a lot of financial imbalances world over. And that that led to a uh, fall in the value of uh, currencies of emerging markets. We saw that in India. Yeah, these were some of the concerns when this twenty twenty three was almost. This was the general narrative. I think the worst fears so far have not come true in terms of recession or stagflation in the West. Now there are two reasons for that. One is uh, there are signs of inflation softening in the West also. From nine percent, it has come down to seven percent, and the job markets are still pretty uh, tight in in the uh, U.S. Especially, I mean, typically in stagflation, you have high inflation, high unemployment, and low growth. So all these we have we haven't come to that so far, and the the signs of that. Some economists are saying that that's not likely to happen. So these major concerns remain. The war in Ukraine shows no sign of ending yet. The dollar's value will surge as the Fed will keep cutting rates uh, till it meets its target of two percent, and inflation is likely to remain high in most Western nations. All of this will slow down the global economy. Well, that's because of the domestic demand, isn't it? There's always going to be a basic level of domestic demand in India, and that will keep the economy from faring too poorly. As we talked about before, the three issues—the dollar surge, the war in Ukraine, and high inflation in in some parts of the Western world—will continue to be there this year. How will all of this affect the Indian economy? Yeah, Russia-Ukraine war shows no signs of. Uh... abating or stopping or whatever but somehow uh, the world seems to have uh, you know got 
gotten used to that mm-hmm. see even uh, even oil prices which were went up to about 123 dollars per barrel are now down to about 7980 yeah there are still a lot of uh, uncertainties there are there's still a lot of uh, negatives going around but maybe the worst uh, is perhaps behind us i mean in that sense we could look at 23 23 with a little more optimism yeah imf chief was actually she said three fourths of the world economy is headed for a recession yeah. uh, but she also said some nice things about india she said india was being very resilient and they actually both world bank and uh, i have some figures here if you want i can sort of quote them world bank predictions for india were in april it was 7.5 and it was drastically cut down to 6.5 and they've sort of raised it to 6.9 again in december so I know that the government cannot address the recession in other parts of the world but it can certainly provide a stimulus to the domestic economy can we expect something from the budget one one advantage about uh, the indian economy is it is still largely domestic demand driven unlike china and other east asian economies it's not that reliant on the export market though it has to be said when india was growing well in between 2004 and 2010 when it was regularly clocking 8 plus gdp growth it's it, it's not as gloomy as it seems you know it's not as good as it should be but it's not as bad as it, okay. it could have been even if the government goes big and announces a huge infrastructure project like the bharat mala project for example the impact of that scheme will not be immediate the government is pushing for private investment anyway see i don't think last year the government went in for a big capex uh, program a government uh, spending program because it felt that you know something need more than demand it felt that investments need to pick up private investments actually to be fair to be honest has been fairly anemic and tepid for the last few years ever since 2015 2016 No, the government has to step in yeah the government has to step in that's what it did last year it it spent about 2.9% of the gdp on cap capex program and uh, will it do the same thing again this year it remains to be seen because there are no signs of private uh, investments really perking up yeah in our editorial we have actually said that the budget has to be an expan- has to be an expansionary one but See, 6.4% is the fiscal deficit and the IMF is also very happy with that. See, this government, Modi government has generally been a very fiscally conservative government. Mm-hmm. Even during the pandemic time, if you look at, so we were, we were very tight even then, when even when the rest of the world was going out and spending money. Guess is this government will not go the whole hog. It will sort of stay to a largely conservative uh, path. See, any infrastructure thing, it has to have a, yeah a vital private sector component also mm. it's it's not that the government can't just spend everything it needs the private sector also to come in and and the private sector has to have that sense of you know there is a set that animal spirits what they call they, yeah. this is something we can go out and spend money on yeah so yeah the pull and push is going to be there uh, yeah. but the private investments are still not uh, working up because I, and i can understand why that is not happening because there is there's still so much of uncertainty in in the country and what the private uh, uh, india inc has done uh, very smartly over the last 3 4 years it has actually cleaned up its balance sheets taking a more conservative uh, sort of an approach so they still feel it's it's not the right time to go out and invest how can we boost rural demand 
can a scheme like can something like a universal basic income actually solve some of our big problems ubi is more for social welfare social security mission it's not done to revive consumption groceries and yeah groceries and food and stuff like that yeah actually i think most people will keep their ubi money in the bank as a reserve for a crisis so that they don't have to dip into their savings in case of an emergency high end cars and high end automobiles are growing yeah. it is the two wheeler segment that is doing very badly which is which is a sign of uh, you know uh, yeah in in middle yeah. middle income uh, group yeah. uh, lower to middle income group that they are not spending money and uh, and there are, there are two things india i think basically wants two major things from the budget this time one is to cut it income tax other is to uh, it wants the government to uh, ramp up uh, capex from 2.9% it wants to, the government to spend about 3.4 to 3.5% of the gdp on capital expenditure for this year and it wants it to go that that to go up to close to 4% in 2025 ever since independence the gov- uh, the government across levels have been focusing on increasing the share of manufacturing in the economy the modi government also have several schemes in this regard how successful or how effective have these schemes been like the pli no i i'll tell you what the logic for pli was see, see india has has had a there's a, there's a, india's indian economy is a there's a curious conundrum you know i mean it's it's the only economy see normally textbook economics tells you that most economies are they start out being largely agrarian rural so they then they move to manufacturing then they go to services economy there's a, so when you reach the services led economy you have you are re, you have reached the middle to upper income group of 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 nations but in the india in india's case right from 1947 from agrarian we seem to have completely overstepped the manufacturing stage and we've gone straight away to Uh, services yeah. so services for over the last 25 years has is forms more than 50% of our gdp whereas manufacturing is still stuck at around 16 to 17% and whether it was the national manufacturing policy of the upa or whether it was make in india of the modi government or now the pli all these schemes were put in place to raise the manufacturing's share in gdp from 17 to 18% to at least 25% most other countries it's up to 30% okay. china and korea and all the manufacturing forms about close to 27 28 30% in that range mm-hmm. ours is the only one which is still below 20% so that's a problem so pli was actually meant for that it's a very metric driven thing yeah. you know you have these targets you 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 produce this many goods we will give you this much subsidy yeah. you know so uh, it's 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 a kind of a target oriented uh, thing it's not that they just give you money and then you know the That's money it. just yeah. Yeah, yeah so that way it's a slightly you know it's it's slightly differently devised uh, the pli for mobile phone manufacturing has actually been quite successful um can other sectors replicate this mobile it's mobile manufacturing seems to be doing very well yeah, so, so a country which where mobile manufacturing was completely dead i mean we were all importing chinese mobile handsets now there seems to be some kind of a domestic investments pouring into that sector and we we are in exporting mobile handsets now so raghuram rajan has been a big critic of pli because he feels this is a lot of he feels a lot of this this is not the way to go about it and he feels we are moving into a slightly more protectionist kind of a regime and that is not the right way to go about it but i think i can i can understand why this government wanted to do it see that earlier globalization open markets free markets free movement of capital free movement of goods 
that world is, has come to a I mean it's almost come to an end yeah so so it, there is a certain process of deglobalization happening in the world so now the world is moving into you know free trade agreements bilateral agreements trading blocks rcep you know so india is getting into all these free trade agreements if you look at that logic pli makes sense this won't form a part of the budget so budget we won't talk about this but i think sometime in the middle of 2023 maybe some kind of a stock taking some kind of a white paper at least on some sectors the sectors which were first launched, launched first we'll see where we are 3 years later what has has these metrics been achieved how much are we producing how much are we exporting you know is the government really getting a bang for its buck so it it would also be useful for the government so you know if it can sort of tweak the policy going ahead we have talked a lot about demand in rural areas what about urban demand urban demand again this if you look at uh, you know two wheelers and all that it's not doing great msmes aren't doing well what can the budget do for these small firms even the pli scheme doesn't actually cover them they will only be they can only be secondary benefits as vendors at best I think it has done what it can do I mean in the sense uh, in terms of loans and stuff like that it's made e- credit uh, easier for uh, the last 3 years ever since the pandemic broke out they the EC GLS scheme and all that they've brought in all that I'm not really sure what the government can do anything more see I think here what I don't think we can rely only on the central government for this see a lot of the state governments also can you know do a lot and they are they are doing i mean you take maharashtra you take tamil nadu take karnataka they are they do have their own industrial policies they make things easy for them land acquisition you know uh, subsidies and a lot of things are in the hands of the state like water power the states can sort of ease these rules they can you know give some kind of a sunset clause saying that okay for 5 years we are going to the government is pushing for private investment anyway so what can the government do to convince the businessmen and the corporates to spend their cash unless demand revives why would a businessman want to a business person want to invest so that is the that is the question so then we keep coming back to the same issue the demand problem It's a question that doesn't have a solution so it seems. This demand problem has been going on for quite a while. Both the UPA and the NDA haven't quite yet found a solution. See that one thing is uh, one inflation is coming down. So for the first time it's it actually went below 6% uh, last month. So and everybody f- feels that 2023 is a year where it will come down further so once that comes down maybe that will free up yeah that will free up more disposable income in the hands of uh, the salaried and that would hopefully uh, revive some kind of a uh, yeah consumption yeah let's talk about the agri sector the government bought the three fa- uh, farm laws and it was supposed to be a big ticket reform but the government had to repeal them after a lot of protests do you think that the government will announce any major reform for the sector this year we could actually do a separate pod on that uh, okay, sure. uh, we could i could take a look at that what i can I say right now uh, yeah right now what i can say is yeah agriculture yeah this government did bring in those three farm bills and that sort of 
completely backfired for for a variety yeah, for a variety of reasons we will not go into that right now see the agriculture from what i can see is you can't agriculture again is a state subject okay so it's 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 a very peculiar kind of a, a, a sector you know it's it's not uh, you know it's it's very localized uh, transformed i mean it's, it's like it's there are far too many local environmental and uh, uh, social factors that go so each state will have to devise its own sort of a policy i mean uh, we had bibek debroy saying that you know apmc should be done away with apmc act should be scrapped and you know should give uh, trading should be eased for farmers they should be allowed to sell outside apmc but I can see why he's saying those things, but will that really solve the problem of farmers? I'm not so sure. Yeah. So, see, you you cannot have the farming is a very very high risk uh, uh, sector, and India is still a country where you know you have far too many people in farming. we still haven't been able to pull them out and give them uh, you know well paying jobs in manufacturing or services isn't, yeah, isn't really growing and and the what what has grown in manufacturing is the very high end capital intensive uh, yeah 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 very very uh, capital intensive very technology intensive uh, sectors have grown automobile electronics and all that we, we, there is not much uh, demand for uh, unskilled or semi skilled uh, workers there yeah. so we missed the bus there actually i mean like east asian countries they really pumped in a lot of money shoes and toys and leather and all these industries which which can hire a lot of people uh, unskilled semi skilled people that that bus we seem to have missed we could that's a completely yeah oh, yeah why that happened how that happened that's a completely different story we we, we let's not go there now what can the budget do for uh, uh, for farmers i mean um, yeah there's unlikely to be a big cut in food subsidies um, not that's not going to happen this year and uh, yeah i not next 2 3 years yeah ne- no that's i mean at least some kind of it that's not likely to happen uh, pm kisan last year got a budget allocation of 65000 crores and pm fasal bima yojana got a allocation of 16000 crores and close to 20000 crores was allocated for interest uh, subsidy on short term loans for farmers i don't see any change That's the government is not going yeah. to cut on that maybe we, we, we can have some marginal uh, increase in allocations for that that's all i can see right now so are we spending a lot of time talking about the symptoms and other causes If we are doing that, then we are not addressing the real issues, and therefore the sector is going to be in disarray. I am not so sure. I am not so sure, but to be honest, what can happen is there should be greater coordination between the states and the center in forming viable policies, and uh, you know, and of course this the year of the millets and all that. I mean, it's it's also so closely linked to uh, environment. you know the the kind of policy that we set in motion during the green revolution that is really come to a it reached a, the end yeah it's it's reached its peak and it's it's like it's like causing so much environmental damage you are you are growing wheat and rice in areas which are not suited for uh, uh, paddy cultivation and that's that's you you are, you are spending so much on water you are spending so much on electricity see the thing is if you if you're going to tell a rice farmer or a wheat farmer in punjab that listen what you're growing is environmentally bad then he says what am i supposed to do mm. 
you know you tell me you give me an option so you tell me you have to grow millets and then i say he's who's going to buy my millets mm. how how much am i going to get from that mm. so uh, do we eat millets so i mean it's it's supposed to be a very environmentally friendly it's a rain fed thing it doesn't need that much water it doesn't need that much chemical inputs as rice does but so and then you also have this horticulture yeah. this food processing you have those kind of things also coming animal husbandry mm. dairy sector all those things also are there you know those are the more uh, you know high end uh, more money spinning uh, Uh, Ashok Dalwai spoke about that in our agri summit recently. Yeah. Yeah, he said that that is the way to go about. That's the where the money lies. It's an incredibly complex and complicated subject. I I think a lot more thinking needs to go in here. I, there are no easy solutions. TV anchors spend a lot of time talking about a quote unquote big ticket reform during the budget. Do you think we can expect any this year? Ha they, they are that was like a more of a yeah your your sort of forced yeah for yeah forced to do it and i think that was also a time when nasimrao felt that this was the right opportunity to just open up the economy forced to do it they were only forced to do two three things actually uh, uh, you know yeah. yeah so they were not exactly yeah the other things like tariffs. slashing the tariffs and you know opening up and financial reforms and all that was something that he chose to do at that time but that time See all uh, in terms of see in terms of big yeah. ticket reforms what can the budget do the budget can't do much mm. okay it has to be off budget see for instance now much of the reforms see the, the nature of reforms themselves have changed okay the the low hanging fruits and all have been picked you know slashing tariffs opening up the economy inviting investments opening up the financial sector opening up the insurance sector uh, inviting you know opening up these sectors for foreign investments all those things have kind of thing so agriculture is the big thing yeah well, that is not going to be touched uh, for, yeah. for for some time now and uh, so the so the uh, reforms are ra- largely regulatory reforms now mm-hmm. and that i don't know what the budget is going to say on that so it's budget it's nothing, nothing i i'm not so sure capital gains and maybe something those kind of things it will say but that's gains. not going to really excite anybody yeah capital gains is for uh, food yeah it's yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's not really going Most to investors yeah. will be like i'm not seeing mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. Be, i think what about. people will look for is um, is the government going to is it going to be an expansionary budget mm. so will will the government sort of uh, spend more this year like last year because it wants to revive investments and that's that is given. yeah that that i think no no i i don't know whether that's a given right now okay. that's what the industry wants okay so will will the government just stick to last year's path and say that no this year we are going to consolidate uh, fiscal consolidation because 6.4% uh, their deficit is high but in the circumstances it seems okay but if it goes for a bigger capex will that figure alter what what is the government thinking nobody knows right now thank you baskar for joining us today thank you so much for listening to us if you enjoyed the podcast consider subscribing to us on spotify until the next time this is nivedita signing off